0: The Sherry. Today, we welcome a fan panel for one of my favorite shows, *Miss Fisher*. Uh, we're going to talk about Franny and all her adventures, and and the cast uh, and the characters, and whether Franny and Jack will continue their adventure after the movie, and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, before we start, I I'm going to give a chance first for my uh, sponsor to speak, and then after that, one of the panelists couldn't make it, so she wants to say a little something. So, first, my sponsor. Janning MacCherry is presented by the Writers and Illustrators of the Future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged.
1: Hi, it's Leslie here, Leslie Curl. I am live near Sydney, Australia, and I've always loved the 20s and mysteries, especially Agatha Christie, but always seen these things in England. It was so wonderful when they started making the Fisher murder mysteries in Melbourne with the historic houses and cars. And um, it was fabulous to see Australia in that era. And I loved all the mysteries. I loved the chemistry between Jack and Franny, of course. The magnificent buildings of the National Trust in Victoria. I've traveled to Melbourne a few times to find a few of these old buildings they used for shooting the series. I love that Maria, Miriam Margolyes was in it as well, giving that touch to old England that was very important for Australians in the 20s, and it's great they made a movie, hope they make another one, but it was such a shame they didn't make more of them. <laughs>
0: And now here's our Miss Fisher fan panel. Hi everyone, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Hi, hi. Harry. Hi.
0: hi. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, if you'd like, I'll pick out the people to do it because a lot of times they're like, whoo me, whoo me. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with Holly.
3: Hi, I'm Holly Whitman, I'm in Arizona, and I'm a huge Miss Fisher fan, as are we all. <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, Deborah?
4: Hi, I'm Deborah. I'm in Melbourne, Australia, huge Miss Fisher fan, and admin of the Miss um, Friday Fisher Secret Society in the 1920s, and along with Holly, she's moder- one of our moderators.
0: So my I. And you, sure? <laughs> <laughs> Threw that in there. Um, okay, uh, Irma.
2: I'm Irma. I'm from Mobile, Alabama, and I'm also a huge Miss Fisher
0: fan. And uh, Carol Ann.
2: Hi, I'm Carol Ann McDevitt. Um, I'm in Lower Queensbury, New Brunswick, Canada. Um, talking to you from the Roaring Twenties Bed and Breakfast, which I own, Um, and a huge fan of the 1920s, obviously, and uh, Miss Fisher.
0: Okay, welcome everybody. Um, I think it's kind of known that I'm a Miss Fisher fan too. Um, I I decided to do a series of panels, and Miss Fisher was first, because it's my favorite of the current shows. And so I started with you guys. You're my little guinea pig. (laughs)
3: Um,
0: First, I want to ask, basically, what attracted you to the show?
3: One night, it was a Saturday night, I sat down and I didn't have anything to do, so I turned on the television and it was on PBS. And there was Miss Fisher. I had never seen anything like that in my life. And I was looking at this amazing woman detective with her really cool gold gun. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, who is this? And I just couldn't get enough of her. I was just so amazed I'd never heard of her before. And so that's uh, how I came to know Miss Grisham. Cool.
4: Um, well, I, I was looking in on the television. And I'd known, I'd seen Miss Fisher advertised on the ABC here in in Australia, and I, but um, I thought, oh, there's nothing else on, so I, I had a look at it, and I was just um, sorry, I was just captivated from the start. The whole thing, the whole program, just really, I just loved it from you know from when I saw it, and I just kept on watching it, bought the DVDs, and just can't get enough of it, really. <laughs> cool.
2: Well I walked through my den one night, and my husband was watching it, and I sat down and started watching it, and then I got hooked on it, still am hooked on it. and, and I was I was uh, I was on vacation. I was having a girls' weekend with uh, with a good friend of mine, and uh, and we had nothing to do in the evening where in the uh, then breakfast we were staying at had uh, Netflix, which I don't have, and she put on, she said, "Oh, this is you'll like this. It's a detective story." And she was right. It was a detective story, and I really liked it. And that's what brought me to it first was the the plot, you know, the fact that the mystery story. Um, but, of course, then fell in love with
0: the rest of the elements of it. So. For me, I was at my mom's house, and we were watching something else on PBS, and there was an advertisement, and it had a woman hanging off the back of the train in joy, um, in the advertisement, it was 1920s, which I already loved, and it looked really cool. And I actually, it was, we have a DVR, and I said, Mom, could we rewind that? I just want to see that what day that's on. <laughs> and, yeah, I fell in love with it from the advertisement. <laughs> It's sort of strange, yeah. But I, I've always liked the '20s. Have you always liked the '20s? Was it something that's always attracted you?
4: Not until I saw Miss Fisher. Um,
3: really.
0: <laughs> I
4: had no, yeah, no real interest in the '20s. My, my dad was um, born in 1921, and you heard stories about what it was like here in Melbourne in the '20s, uh, and which was nothing like um, what Miss Fisher um, mm-hmm. is. And but since Mr. Fisher, I have just loved, um, loved the 1920s. I love all. I've been to so many of the 1920s places, you know, and the historical buildings here in Melbourne. It's just turned my life
3: around, really, in that respect. Cool. I think for me it was um, some like it hot with Marilyn Monroe. Good movie. And that <laughs> and that was, I don't know if that was pleased or not, but it felt like it to me. And I always, you know, and then I started finding myself really ex- excited by seeing the flapper stuff. Whenever I saw anything that was based in that time period, I just thought it was so great. And uh, I think Chicago, that movie and that play, Chicago, were based in that time
0: too, weren't they? Yes, they were.
3: Yes. Yeah, oh, man, I really love that too. So... It's just a special time period and I think it's because people were starting to get really wild and free after being not that way for a long time. Oh that's really true. I
0: agree. That's really true. If if you think about it, the twenties they were recovering from so much World War One, the Spanish flu, which we now understand what they went through, but think about Going through World War One and the devastation of World War One, and on top of it having a worldwide pandemic like we're going through right now, both of them, no wonder they yep. wanted it to be crazy. <laughs> no reaction, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's my thought.
3: No, you're right, and it, and that makes a lot of sense because that was a very tough time. <laughs> it, it was. A lot of people went through hardship,
4: you know, it was was, um, after the war, there was no money and men, both men and women had to find jobs and it was pretty tough, you know, so.
0: And it was also, uh, in my estimation, the beginning of the modern age because really, you know, women were allowed to work for the first time they worked because they had to work during World War One but now that it was World War Two. Sometimes they had a site to work, but they they could. And before that they couldn't even they couldn't do anything. They weren't that's one of the reasons they were corseted, so they wouldn't be able to do something.
3: <laughs> yeah, they liked pretty grim for women for a long time before that.
4: And and the 20s was the start of a lot of inventions too, you know, so the car, you know, the Model T-Board and others were invented and a lot of, you know, things to help women with their housework were invented. Yeah, so it was a really uh, big time.
0: The two things that women were allowed to do that really gave them freedom of movement was ride a bicycle and drive a car. (laughs) Those two things, you wouldn't think the bicycle, but really it was very important because a lot, some people couldn't afford a car. And, but that still gave them the ability to go someplace, you know, further than they could walk. You know, people, they couldn't. It, it, a, a bike was cheap, but, uh, you know, you, you had to feed a horse. It, it was a really important thing. Those two were like the most, one of the most important things for women. Also, time-saving devices.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Vacuum cleaners and and um, uh, oh, uh, oh, washing, washing machines. machines. That's yeah. what I was trying to think of. Washing machines. Uh, all the things that they had that... Mm, <laughs> telephone, you know, communications devices. That was new. It's
2: opened uh, the world up. They went to um the the character of Dot in Miss Fisher, and she's afraid of all the appliances, and she and Bryony talk about it that, they're, you know, her priest had told her that the electricity was going to blow up the earth because, um, you know, it was so new to everybody, and there was a lot of, I'm sure there was a lot of fear um, around it at the time. And, you know, they were just starting to bring in all of these sort of time-saving devices for women to give, you know, and then they had some more free time to do, uh, to have fun, basically.
0: hmm Yep, yeah, and thank God for Chanel and no bra. <laughs> 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 um,
3: what
0: did they call it? They didn't call it, it was a busti, not a boostie. there was a, I mean, A, bandou. a bandou,
2: I think, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. That that was like, because it wasn't a corset. It wasn't the like the steel fortress bras were then. It was it was silky and soft and wonderful. Um, <laughs> gave you freedom of movement.
3: <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it still uh, kind of taboo to show much of your body when you went swimming back in the twenties?
0: Yeah, that's why they had to wear those. Although there were some two pieces toward the end of the twenties, but it was like right. two pieces that matched. They, it, you, they, you didn't show anything. It was just there it was pulled. the top and the bottom. <laughs> right.
3: Because before you had these bloomers that went way down your legs and get leaves and all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, there was this. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, it's cheap. Was it cheaper by the dozen? Yeah, it was an old, old movie, not the new one because that had nothing to do with it. It was back in the 40s they made the movie, but it was set in the 20s. And there's a scene where they're all in those long bathing suits from the uh, like 1910, and, but it's the 20s. And one of the oldest daughter decides she's going to break it for the rest of the girls because it's, there's a dozen children and she's the oldest girl. So she starts pulling up the legs and folding it. And then she's uh, up, taking the top and pulling it the, the sleeves so they, they were showing her arms. And it's the funniest scene, but it was like real true. It was shocking back in that time period.
3: <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, that that's not so far removed from the days of when just the sight of an ankle would make people go crazy.
0: hmm Oh, and she cut her hair, too. That was... <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah. Two-time shots. It,
0: I, it, to us, it's funny, but to them, it, uh, you know, it was a bad thing to parents that they were doing these things. But to us, it's like you watch scenes like that and you laugh.
3: <laughs> yeah. But you never knew where this would lead, you know, this
0: ankle thing, these arms, danger. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. No, wrong show. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, were you guys, I I know that Deborah said she wasn't very interested in the 20s, but did anybody read any books or novels like The Great Gatsby or... um, um, I can't think of the um, Hemingway book. Um, the famous books from the 20s or maybe any of the Agatha Christie's that are set in the 20s. Did anybody e- ever read any of those and and, and feel that thing? Because I like Tommy and Tuppence from Agatha Christie, so I'm just curious.
2: We had to read The Great Gatsby in school, but um, I remembered I liked it, but I don't remember much else about it except it was like in the 20s.
0: Yeah, forced I reading will do that to you. If you have yeah, to to read
4: I saw the Great Gatsby with Robert Redford on the movies, in the movies. I only I only saw it at the start because I was in love with Robert Redford at the time.
3: <laughs>
4: and um but I really did lo- I really loved the movie and I did love the fashion. The fashion, you know, what Mia Farrow wore and yeah, yeah it, was, it was just absolutely
0: beautiful. I actually really liked the clothes her uh, tennis buddy Lois that Lois Childs played. Those were my I, I liked her clothes better than the Mia Farrow clothes. I thought they were just incredible, and she was the real flapper. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no, but the the whole the whole costuming was 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 really great.
0: It was. And the elegance of the males, you know, with the the white yes, the whites and it's so pretty.
3: The ladies were treated like ladies.
0: Yes. Well
3: I love dresses from the nineteen twenties. I really loved the beaded stuff and just in general I just loved the fashion. I loved the hats, those coach hats.
0: I love yeah. Oh I I, I love have, that well, too, yes.
3: They have such nice lines.
2: I'm I'm amazed that we've managed to get uh, something like 13 minutes in before bringing up the fashion.
3: <laughs>
2: because everybody that I know who's a fan, regardless of what brings you to them, we all start going and the clothes. And I don't even like the clothes. Like I don't I, I don't suit the clothes. I don't have the right body type for them. No. But I still love. The clothes, like watching the movies of The Great Gatsby or The Miss Fisher, particularly the TV show that that what Marion Boyce did with the costumes.
0: Um, Marion Boyce it, is a it, genius. It, Absolutely, it's, a
2: 20, yes. it's part of defining the twenties is what
4: they wore. Yeah, I just love the hats. I love hats per se, and I just wish that you know, hats, wearing hats would come back in fashion. Not necessarily not in twenties hats, but just hats in general. But the nineteen twenties, some of those were absolutely fabulous.
0: I always have liked them. I, that was one of the reasons I think I fell in love with Tuppins and the uh, uh, Tommy and Tuppins, Beresford Partners in Crime from uh, the eighties, was uh, because I just loved her hats. She always. She has. She used to use them as disguises. She would be wearing her secretary hat and switch to this incredible, beautiful bonnet, and then that would be her disguise to be like a, a lady. And I thought it was the coolest idea.
3: I <laughs> wonder what Green hats that because I remember my when my grandfather passed away. He had like at least thirty hats. He wore. All the time. My grandmother, too, I remember her going shopping downtown, but she always wore a hat when she went out. And that was really common. I mean, and that, that was them even in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. But that was a big thing for a very long time. And, and, you know, I was looking at some of those old San Francisco earthquake videos, which is before the 20s, but it just showed these men in their suits that always had the hats, and women in the bustly dresses, and they always had these huge hats on. I think the 1920s hats were not were better because these women's hats from the uh, pre 1920s just gigantic sometimes. Uh, my, my grandfather,
4: he passed away in the late 60s. He always wore a hat. He always wore a hat. Just it was just him. You never saw him outdoors without his hat on.
2: So. I yeah, think my grandfather I think always wore a hat.
0: I think it's elegant. I like I like hats. I've always liked hats. I have. I have have a collection of them.
4: <laughs> I just think it was their normal, normal gear. You know, normal way to dress. No ladies. Um, most ladies didn't go out without a hat of some
0: sort. A hat, a gloves. glove. Uh, yes. Yeah. A hat, and a glove, and shoes all the time. that matched, <laughs> and a purse. Everything matched. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah! Oh, top coordination is everything. You know.
0: Yeah, it was
2: because it could have been. It it wasn't for
0: work. No, no, it was style.
2: But it, it, it was it was. But but men didn't go. I mean, who are not necessarily fashion plates even back then. But you didn't go out without your hat on.
4: Exactly right. And always take it off inside. Always yes. Take the hat's off inside. You know.
0: But they the hat. they did it for style too. They were keeping up with the Joneses. So they were they were doing it for style to just a different way than women. Women were doing it. Women fell in love with them. Women would go to a hat store and it would be hard for the uh, husband to pull them out because they would be in love with all the hats in the store. Man wanted to look as elegant as the other guys or as cool, you know, It, it one or the other. It, I mean, it, it, it men were just as into that as women, just in a different way. Yeah.
2: Like it, my my. So you know, my grandfather. So I'm going back to um, England and Scotland in the 1920s. Um, you know, I've got pictures of my my grandparents back then, and even the going to work like in their cu- coveralls and all that. They still had hats.
3: Mm-hmm. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: so exactly. it, was, yeah. it you just you did not go outside without your hat, and it wasn't like they had lo- lots of hats. Only the rich people had lots of hats, but you still wore a hat. Even oh, if it was is. a cap, like a chimney sweep cap. Well, that's like Seth and Bert. You never saw them without a hat. Yes. was
0: yeah. part, part of what they wore.
4: That was just normal wear, you know? Just,
0: just normal. It didn't start changing until like the 70s because if you look at women in the 60s, they still had the hat, the gloves, the whole... that. And there was two outfits. There was the outfit... That was the comfortable outfit that they did their house with, the Mary Tyler Moore from the Dick Van Dyke Show type slacks and shirt, or Lucy in her uh, uh, house dress. And then there was the elegant clothes that they wore to go just to a restaurant with their husbands or with their friends, or even just to have a social event in their home. The women would dress up to have their women's club meetings. Um, I mean... That was yes. the way it was. <laughs> yes,
4: yes. Your good clothes and your normal clothes.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, my mom even said that a few times. We were watching an old Mary Tyler Moore show. Old Mary, I should call it the Fandango because that was what it was the she was playing Laura Petrie, and I was saying how come she's changing her clothes just to go to the restaurant with her husband? My mom goes, because that's the way it
3: was. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, there was a time when women would prepare the meal for when the husband came home from work and would make sure she changed and got all freshened up and looked good and got the kids all ready, too, for when Dad came home.
0: Yep, well, yep. can you imagine going on an airplane all dressed up? Because they would wear dresses and hats and the whole shebang just to go on a plane.
2: Well, oh, that's commitment. not that long ago. I used to do that. I did that up until I would say we dressed, and because my dad worked for the airlines, we would travel. We traveled a lot, and I always was always dressed as a kid, and Dad would wear a suit and a tie and mom would have on a suit
3: and that would go probably into the 80s i think didn't you have to i know my yeah, that's, sister's yeah. husband returned from an airline and whenever they traveled the airline it was uh united airlines and they said you represent us when you travel so you have to look good no matter what
0: That that's, that's true I'm because i was a travel agent and when i traveled uh on one of my travel agent familiarizations we called it sam we had a dress nice. We couldn't wear what you would normally wear on a flight and this was in the 90s. I could I had a dress and a suit. It was required.
2: Yeah, that's so that's true, but the back when I was certainly when I was a kid and definitely up until the 70s that's because that's what the people in business class were wearing. Mhm. Right, the idea was that you not that you had to look better than other people. Or that you were representing the company, but that you had to blend in,
1: especially in business class.
2: When we when I travelled,
4: like I can like I must have travelled must have been in the late sixties, maybe early seventies. maybe early seventies on a plane. We had to dress up. Not you know we just went economy class. We didn't uh, uh, have business class you know I've never traveled business class I didn't even know there was such a thing <laughs> when I was young
0: Yeah um, neither I didn't you know, either We just
4: got dressed up because you were doing something special you were doing something different you wanted to look you were going out because when you got, went out you had to look nice and neat and tidy and we just always put on our good clothes to um go on a plane it was Just part of the deal you know I was It wasn't until probably the 90s that I realized that you didn't have to dress up to go on the plane; She you could just wear whatever well, everybody did, though. You see, and then That's all the same, right. things became very relaxed, and people just wore whatever they wanted to wear. You
0: know. My first time so, on the plane was 1974. I was a little girl, and I had—I was wearing a tank top and, and shorts. It was summer. I did not dress up. <laughs>
4: So it well, would have been a shock here. <laughs>
0: been, you know, no, everybody was just like that. It was. I mean, we were living in. We, we're from California, but we were in New Jersey, and we were coming home for a family event. So the whole plane was dressed casually. Nobody was dressed up. Oh, well, see,
4: and plane travel here, like I can remember in the eighties. Um, uh, going to visit somebody up in up in brisbane up in Queensland, which is like a thousand kilometres away or more and the uh, plane travel was was expensive so i did buy, I went by bus and so yeah because it was expensive was another reason I think why people dressed up because
0: That's- you know only,
4: pe- only people with a certain amount of money could afford to
3: fly.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a weird. It's a strange thing. You <laughs> think about it. The, the customs strange, that uh, uh, that we put ourselves through. That it's it's stuff that we put on ourselves. If you think about it, it's not. It's there's no airplane police that will slap your hand if you dress things. Oh no. Yeah. no <laughs> it's just it's something we do to ourselves. I mean, there's. It's a, just, I think. Go ahead, Deborah.
4: Oh, I just I think of people's um, perception. You know, you're going somewhere, especially years ago when things weren't as relaxed as they are now. You know, there were certain um, dress standards, whereas dress standards now have kind of gone to sub zero in some areas. Um,
2: yeah,
4: and but, but it was just the what you were expected because our parents came from different a different generation that dressed like that or behaved a certain way, and that was what
0: was expected of you. These days it's very different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I wanna switch it a little bit. What did you guys think of the characters on the show? Um and the difference I don't know if any of you've read the books, but the difference between the characters in the books and in the series.
2: I did not read the books. You Neither. Know. I
4: haven't read the books either and
2: I'm not going to me either. I read a couple of the books and um uh it's not it wasn't my thing because um the play of the characters in the series is what kept me coming back. You know the the as I said I liked the mystery, the plot, but then the you know the 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 the, the relationship and play between Fry and Jack and between Hugh and Dot and um, Seth and Bert um, is was really interesting. And then the books, it's all different. And so
0: well, Hugh and Dot and and Burton and, and Sess aren't exactly the same in the book books. The only one that's different is Fry uh, and Jack.
4: And that's why I don't. Uh, that's why I don't read the books. I, <laughs> I'm not I normally can separate books and film or books and TV series, but in this particular case, I can't. And I just want Jack the way Jack is in the TV series. I don't want him uh, happily married, chubby cop who has his own garden. Um,
0: they never met him chubby.
4: I agree with you well, He's not, not chubby. <laughs> well, I heard, I, someone said he was rotund, so I don't know whether that's true or not. No. But I, I'm... I just want Jack, as we see Jack in um, in, the, in the TV series, and that's why I I just not going to read
2: the books. <laughs> okay. i I, know been I, can, I agree with you, Deborah. Yeah. But but I don't want to the And i like prudence, and apparently she's not in the book. Yeah. I mean, I like I, I like the character. I I I think she's a wonderful character, and she she's not in the books. And I don't want Mr. Butler to be married. No, exactly. I think I heard I, I an heard
4: interview with Deb and Fiona about Aunt Prudence, and she was added to the TV series as a family member or something. There was a definite reason to add Aunt Prudence to the uh, TV series as opposed to not having her in the books. It was to give another kind of perspective, and I can't remember exactly what it is, which is a shame. Another thing moment. moments um, <laughs> But, yeah, so she was deliberately put in there to for an edge or for, for a family, um, you know, attachment to Phryony. I'm not quite sure. As I said, I can't remember. So. But she does add a lot Aunt
0: Prudence. I love Aunt Prudence. At, at first I didn't. Uh, she grew on me. Uh, she She seemed to just always be down on Friony. So it was hard for me. But as time went by, I realized, oh, she does it because she loves her. She's just being a piddly aunt, but she still adores her. Okay. All right. I can love her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What what I like about Aunt Prudence is she gives us, you know, Friony, without a contact, what Friony does wouldn't be um... Out of normal for us, like it. Other than being set in the 1920s, but I mean, oh, she sleeps. But I mean, she's not like she's sleeping around every night. She has, she has <coughs> lovers, but it's with the context of Anne prudence to be able to say this is what's normal. This and yes. prudence is what society thinks is normal. Yes. So look at the difference with Fanny, right? It gives you that comparison.
3: Yes. Was Fanny R- was like that in the books? I guess right. She was.
0: Phryne is just exactly the She same. There's no difference between Friny in the books and Phryne in the show. She, Except her age. Yes, yeah, she's younger okay. in the books than she is in the show. Okay. That's the only real difference. But her personality, her um, big heart, her, her crazy antics, her bravery, uh, loving... Uh, it's not just handsome men in the <laughs> books. She's just like any man that suits her. So, and that's the one big difference. They're not always hunks in the book. She, she is Sweet well, boys and older men. I
4: would in the
2: show either.
4: Exactly right. There are a couple there that I think should have been tossed
2: aside.
0: Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying that it. that's really uh, one of the things I noticed when I was reading the books was that... Um, Briny goes by uh, not just sexually. She goes by, do I like this person? Um, that she would do it. It's 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 very interesting dynamic. I actually can separate it. I have no problem reading the books and enjoying the series. I'm I maybe I'm weird, but that's the way I, I uh, I've always been like that. <laughs> what what Deborah?
4: I okay, everyone's everyone's different, and this is I'm this is the only a book or whatever that I've read that I can't separate, you know, oh, this is a movie or this is a TV series, oh, this is the books, the books are different, you know, and I can't, you know, so I just, I know that I won't be, wouldn't be able to, sorry. I'm That's with different. you, Deborah. Oh. Yeah, me
3: too. I really like the interplay of the characters, and oh. I like I like the way they're all presented in their and they wouldn't be like that at all in the book. I, I don't think they'd have... From what I understand, the relationships are going to be entirely different.
4: I I just like in the series not just the, the main like ten characters that are there. I do like the the uh, the actors that play those characters are fabulous.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
4: really A plus I think actors. And even the even the secondary like the visiting characters. Uh, Have have been chosen so well and are really good actors in themselves,
0: you know? I think... I think think one of the things that I liked when they had a behind-the-scenes, when Hugo uh, was talking about looking at the board of the guest stars that were coming in he's like oh my god she's coming on. oh my god he's coming they were as excited about the people coming on as we were watching it
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are very top-notch australian actors very well-known australian actors that have been in a, a, quite a few as you all probably realize quite a few shows and to get these people to come in is a, is a really
3: good you know deal Absolutely well, what I, enjoyed, I really enjoyed when uh, Sherry did an interview with uh, Nathan Because it showed who he really is It comes through in his character in the show too But yeah. he's such a nice person A thoughtful person And he was really, really good towards Sherry When she was interviewing him And I just liked what he felt like
0: He is a nice he's person a
3: very He's nice. very nice I've been so lucky to meet him on a few occasions
4: Yeah. And he's a he's a lovely man.
0: He is he a really is. nice man.
4: So uh, I met him uh, last, I, I met up with him last time the last year in December after his show in uh, Adelaide. We sat and had a drink, and like I just dropped in to you know to say hello, and, and I asked if I could see him, and he said, "Oh yes, I'll meet." and Said to the person I spoke to, "I'll meet down the bar." So we met down at the bar and. We had a drink and we had a chat and, look, he didn't have to do that, you know, he didn't have to stop, you know. I I said to him, I hope I'm not keeping you from anything. No, 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 no. So we had a good, and he's a very genuine, very nice person. Really cares for his um, fans. Um, There's a bit of a devilish sense of humour, which does come out in Jack a bit. You see little smirks here and there in Jack, and that's, I think that's Nathan's sense of humour coming out.
2: But and in real life he seems like a you know a really good family man too he is he said
4: look I'm sorry I'm going to have to go <laughs> he said there's a babysitter tonight no, I've got to get my... home <laughs> <laughs> so yep. no he does He is really he loves his band, loves his boys and yeah no he is he's, and he's just so thankful and I think he's just so a bit overwhelmed about the band, of, about how many people actually you know like the show and, and like him you know and he, yeah, no, he's 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 a very nice guy, very natural, no side to him,
3: no side at all. And he knows about our Facebook page, right? Because you probably talked, talked about it. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's not. No. I think they
4: all do, don't they? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they all do, but I um. Fiona's
0: on it. Fiona, the producer, is on it.
4: Yeah, she's on it. She's on. She's a member of our group.
0: So she sees yeah. everything. <laughs> That's, not that there is anything not to see. That's fine
4: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try sometimes, I, I pose certain questions. So if, if they do get to read it, <laughs> it can maybe help us.
0: <laughs> but, um, okay. Now, my next question is a little transition to how did you feel about the movie?
4: I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too.
2: I still watch it at least once a week.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I lost everything except the costumes. I feel so bad. Don't feel bad. Have I you played well, the costumes? <laughs> Have you
4: listened to um I think there was I posted a like I got asked to do a promo for the for the exhibition for the Miss Fisher Costume Exhibition at Rip and mm-hmm. and I did it with um, the curator of the of the National Trust uh, Costumes and she's also the curator for the exhibition Lucy she explained the difference as to why the, the um, costumes are different in the movie as opposed to the TV series and it really was um, how, do you, how can I put it um, if there was a definite reason why the costumes were the way they were and they, the way they were designed. So if, you, if you, you're in the group, go back to the announcements and have, just have a listen. I think they're still there. There's the first one she explains a little bit and, and um, the next one she does as well. So, no, there was a definite reason why the costumes were, were very different. I think there was time uh, time constraints. And where they were, like in the desert, and the different materials, there was a whole lot of reasons why, um, you know, she, the, the costumes were the way they were.
0: I loved that in the and interview with Essie um, about the movie, she said that she created the costume that she wore on the camel at the end of the movie. I thought, oh my God, how cool is that?
3: <laughs> that, was, that was lovely. I love that. I love it. I did too. I, the color, the she co- wore a lot of beautiful things in that movie.
0: That gold dress. Oh,
3: I know. Oh my goodness, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I just, yeah, I just
4: liked the movie. I just, I went into seeing the movie and not expecting anything, and I, and unlike a lot of people, I didn't compare it to the TV series. I think it was, it was an hour and a half of escapism. You know, and it, 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 I just I just loved it. I didn't I didn't kind of pick out all the nits and crannies of it. I just what you see is what you get, and
3: I loved it. Me I w- too, Deborah. I I was was me in,
0: too. I was in Palm Springs, and I saw the first well the second night. I wasn't there for the first night because I couldn't go. But my brother and I went to the second night, and I was surrounded. By not the fans, they were in a different section. I was surrounded by people from Palm Springs who had never. They were saying, "Who's Miss Fisher?" They none of them knew it. And so, I was really into the movie. But every once in a while, I could hear, "This is good," or "Ooh, he's cute," or about Jack, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or wow. He's really fascinating about Friday. I mean, this is people that had were not part of fandom. They were not. They got into it. They really enjoyed it. But they didn't have any preconceived notions. They just were enjoying the movie.
3: <laughs> you know, series always lend themselves that easily to movies. Uh, I thought that with Downton Abbey. I mean, it was. I loved their movie, but it was different than watching the series because you you have to play things out in a different way.
0: Exactly. And everything. I really so I enjoyed the movie. I didn't understand the critiques of it. I thought it was really good, Downton Abbey. So I felt the same way about Miss Fisher movie. I thought it was great.
4: I can't, I can't understand why people got so upset about the way Frony allegedly treated Jack at the start. That was, you know... <laughs> I just thought... I just accepted that's what she how she spoke to him. And then, and you see... You see when he walks away, the look in her eyes, she really it still does care for him. You can see that look in her eyes yes. as, as Jack walks and, and says, I'm leaving or whatever the deal is. You can see in her eyes in that last shot that she does care for him. And then it transitions through the movie that she is more and more, you know, I'm trying to get my words out here, um, you know, caring for him more and more as it goes on. Like she, It all comes back.
3: It all comes back as feeling sorry. You know, a lot of times when people haven't seen each other over a long period of time, they don't quite know how to be with each other. And this is even people who are in ongoing relationships and even now. So to me, it just looked like they, you know, she wasn't um, expecting to see him nor he <laughs> expected to see her. So they had to get over that first. And then they, you know, as they were around each other, they would really recall, you know, like, wow, I I feel so much for this person, and it didn't go away. And that seems developed just that way through the movie. I thought it was I wanted, I wanted, that I way too. Watching to when she's walking,
4: they're walking through the tunnel, and and she says, oh, he asks who the professor is, and she says, oh, he's an an old friend, and Jack says, oh, another one.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I also were in the same part, Deborah, where uh, he goes, I still haven't forgiven you, and she goes, "Oh, too bad. Uh, watch where you're walking." <laughs> 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 well, I I
2: eat th- some Is in the series we know Franny e has traveled a lot, and we just get glimpses of it. And in the movie, they got to take us with her on her travels. Yes, yes, and so that was a real joy, sort of for the for the for those who were fans before, who were going to see the movie. I mean, I agree with you. It is a standalone movie. You don't have to have watched the series to enjoy the movie. Um, but for those of us who did, we got to go to the desert. We got to go to England, to right. Palestine with her and see what she's like traveling, which was pretty much the same as she is in Australia. <laughs>
0: Weren't those sets in yeah. Morocco amazing? Yeah. I mean, you thought you were in Palestine watching that. I, it, it was brilliant. Ugh. Uh,
4: and and uh, I spoke to, when I went to one of the um, premieres, I spoke to Roger Lancer about that, you know, the director of photography. And I said to him about, uh, we're we'll, we'll talking about the crowdfunding. And, uh, and I, I said, Oh, look, also the, the movie with the um, scenes in the desert, those, because I was lucky enough to see it on the big screen a few times. And on the big screen, that desert looks absolutely amazing. It does. And I, and I said, to, I told him that. He said, Yeah, and he said, that's what the crowdfunding did for us. If we hadn't had the money for the crowdfunding, we wouldn't have been able to go to Morocco and, and um, do it all there. We would have had to somehow
3: find places in Australia somewhere to do and you it. Uh, too bad is that so many of us did not get to see it on the big screen because of what happened, you know, the circumstances. Yeah. And so that really uh, put a dent in what they were trying to do with their movie. And yeah. But they still came out great. It's just that, you know, I'm sure on the big screen you really will see a lot more than we 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 could just see on a television screen. Oh, it is it's it's I I mean I don't mean to rub it in or anything,
4: but on the big screen it is fantastic. When it starts and she appears in that gold dress, Uh, yeah,
0: I saw it on the big screen too in Palm Springs, and it was amazing. I wanted to see it twice. I was supposed to. I was booked into Gromans. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, COVID. Um, <laughs> yep. it was. Uh, that was. Uh, it was. They weren't alone. I mean, anything that was supposed to come out in 2020 went through that. So it's, you, it's. It was just something that horrible that happened to the movie industry, the TV industry. You know, everything. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was. That's it's. True. It's been a horrible year. In was it three months?
2: <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it won't ever be. You won't ever be able to see it on the big screen. I mean, I saw Love Actually on oh. my screen in my local theater this Christmas. Oh, oh,
0: oh. I, oh. I, I love, love that movie. movie.
2: <laughs> but they, but they, the theater is when they open. So we we don't have very much COVID here up in uh, New Brunswick, Canada and so the theaters and stuff have been open for a while but of course nobody's going and they've got very very limited like you can only, I think they're only seating you know every third row and every five seats or something
0: like that. Um, I'm hoping they open so the drive-ins what here what what so been we can see it that way. What they to get
2: people back in the theaters is playing some old favorites. That's yes. a real, good plan. Well I was lucky enough to see um,
4: Oh, a few, oh, a couple, a month, about four or five weeks ago, in um, an outdoor theatre in um, in Williamstown, um, and it was absolutely fabulous. You know, bean bags, and to the right you can see the city of Melbourne with the lights, and and um, it run by the Sun, the Sun Theatre, which is in Yarraville, here, which was where a couple of the premieres, or one of the uh, cast, cast and crew, or one of the premieres was there and that's where Kerry does her um her book signings there and that they have this open uh, air theater in Williamstown and it was at night on the big screen outside it was amazing it's fabulous hmm. and, and, it was... and we're lucky we're lucky all our cinemas are back with um non um distance seating because here in Melbourne it's been 51 days uh, with no local um, transmissions of COVID, so we're yeah, so we're getting getting back into the swing of things, which is quite nice. Not we've still got restrictions, but we can go to the cinema and and uh, yeah, and not have to worry about it.
0: Um okay. I I just and that's great. Congratulations, because you guys are lucky. Um, but um, we don't have a lot of time, and I have one more question. <laughs> Maybe a little yep. controversial, so I'm a little nervous. How do you guys feel about the spinoff, Miss Fisher's Modern?
3: I loved her. I don't make it, it to me. It does, doesn't have to be Miss
0: Fisher. So <laughs> I love you, Holly. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> She's
3: you know, so I cute. Have, I have to
4: be maybe the odd one out here. It was okay. You know, I mean, I didn't dislike it. Um, I just, and I, and I know it's not Miss Fisher, I know it's a different era. Yeah. The first couple of episodes was okay. Okay. But I just, and I hated them referring to Franny as gone, you know what I mean? Lost or whatever the deal is. And I, and there was no mention of Jack, you know, and after the movie, uh, you know, they're, they're together, so to speak. There's been no mention of Fronie and Jack in, in you know, when they look back on things. And and I wanna know how Frony's house is now in the nineteen sixties as opposed to Wardlow. There was no um mention of oh yeah, well Aunt Friday, your aunt sold this or your aunt's house was sold but you know what I mean? this there
2: was yeah. no
0: well, it may be coming up, because the new season starts in the summer. Maybe, maybe. Oh, and I also, on the tapestry, when you when they first walk into the clubhouse, it has a picture of Bryony and Jack on a motorcycle. A motorcycle. Oh, okay. So it, it, they don't mention him, but he's there, and you see it like a lot. If you watch the if you okay. watch the show, and you look at that tapestry it's okay,
2: but it's not my favorite. <laughs> I rather miss
0: Fisher. Oh,
3: of course, who wouldn't? <laughs> oh, I love- I make <laughs> think Fisher shows. I I'm really dying to see more of her. Yeah, it, it's a it's a um,
4: it's a show to watch. You know, but unlike Miss Fisher, when that was on on a regular basis, before I got all the uh, GBGs and, you know, Acorn and whatnot, um, I would record it, and this is the kind of show that I'll record. I'll watch it, put it like that, but it won't face me if I miss an episode.
0: Okay.
3: I understand that. Um... But no, there was no replacement for Franny
0: Fisher. Okay. Well, well yes. Yeah. Oh, no, that no, no and sure. I don't think it was supposed to be a replacement. I just think it was no, no, I think it was. Either.
4: I think it was to kind of entice uh, younger, uh, younger, if I can say that, people to watch.
2: Well, I, I still that. have a problem trying to watch anything. I, it doesn't ever hold my interest because I keep thinking of Miss Fisher's show.
0: So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <it's> that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe there'll be another movie once this whole COVID thing is uh, done. Uh, I think there will be. I
4: think there will be. Um,
0: so that was my last question is, do you guys have a hope? For, I do. I think there's going to be. That there's going to be another uh, movie. And what do you want in yes. it? Yes. And what do you want in it? Well,
2: what do we want in it? Um, I wanted to, to take it to start right where it takes off, so because they've just introduced, at the very last, two very important things happened. Bryony is now no longer married,
3: because she's now a widow. Uh, I'm just kind of curious as to what their relationship is going to do.
2: And I, I wanted think it's...
3: Go for
2: it, Go for it. I think people want to know, want her to talk to Dot and Hugh and all the people yes. back in... Australian let them know that she's still alive
4: yeah I agree with that I think they have to be in it somewhere I think they do and, and I know that Ashley you know is now just doing a lot in the States and, uh, but surely, uh, surely they can make an arrangement in between you know her filming or doing what she does to be able to get her to do some things because in the movie in the Crypt of Tears like I think everyone knows she was only there for a day yeah.
0: Do that scene. She was forty eight hours. She had to get back. Yeah. She was at Thanksgiving vacation. Yeah. She had three days. She had to. she it took the yeah. day to go. She shot the day, she saw her mom, then she went home. That was Yeah. <laughs> so no, I think they're lucky organise. <laughs> yeah. Surely they could organize, um you know, things with with the other
4: people, you know, like 'cause I know that I know that um Anthony would be willing to do it and I'm sure that Travis will, you know, so I think they need to bring those guys back
0: Oh uh, yeah, give them some lines
4: exactly. so, It was so funny because I, I went I'd seen um, Anthony a couple uh, with, a, with I think it was with um, Camille when Camille was out there out here with us and we went and saw him play with, with, his, with his band and um, he said, oh, you're going to be in the movies now. The movie, says, oh, yeah. And, and he hurt his foot. He stubbed his toe on, on something at home, and it was broken. So he really couldn't move much. And I said, oh, is that going to hand to you? He says, oh, no, I'm, I don't have to do much. <laughs> That's all he said. Well, he, he said, it he, won't take long.
0: He told me that he, told he did have lines, but they had to cut him for time.
4: Yeah. He said, "I won't be long. He told me it was going to be very short,
2: what, what I was hoping, hoping was, um, if you remember during the show, like, uh, Franny would, you know, when she was at the winery, or when she was at other things, and she would call home and get them to do things. So there I is. was hoping in my mind that even though they weren't all traveling with her, that there would be some sort of Australian connection to the, and it's like, oh, I need you to go to Anne Prudence's house and get the papers, or uh, investigate this, and that they that could all be filmed separately. What a great
0: idea. Yeah. Great idea. Um, we're out of time. Um, I want The time zipped. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. Now, I have a few very special guests who want to say hi to my panelists and to all of you listening. Here's my guest.
3: Hi, this is Fiona Eager and Deb Cox from the Every Cloud Productions headquarters in Melbourne. Um, we just want to give a big shout out um, to all the fans and say I hope you're
1: enjoying Sherry's podcast. And it's it's so good to know you're all still so dedicated to the to the series and everything that Friday represents. You're what helps keep us going. So we hope you're all travelling all right in these strange times. Um, our thoughts are with you and we also wanted to let you know that the second series of um, the spin-off Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries will be on ACORN in the second half of the year. Um, take care and and we'll see you soon one day. Yeah, lots of love from both of us and um, hope you enjoy Sherry's podcast.
2: Hello, this is Travis McMahon or as you know me from the Miss Fisher world, but now I just want to call in, say hello, and I guess thank you you for your support over the years. Keep well.
1: Hi, everyone. Bryce Baxter here playing Captain Teppleton. Uh,
0: Just a quick message to say hi to everyone. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I'm sending you all my love, guys. Take care. Thank you for chatting with Sherry.